Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure. I I think you're in for a real treat today. So what I would suggest that you do is right now grab a a pen and a pad of paper to take some notes because you're going to hear from one of the premier business coaches uh, that I know in here in Orange County, California, and his name is Richard Franzi, and uh, he is the CEO and founder of Critical Mass for Business. Now, uh, Richard is uh, uh, chair of a group called Renaissance, which helps business owners, and I know I know several of them that are in this type of a group, and they they rave about it, about what it's done for their business. And he's also the author of a new book on how to basically avoid unintended consequences within your business. Now we all know there are ways you plan things to go, and the way things that things really go in real life. Well, there's some planning that you can do. And the name of the book is Killing Cats Leads to Rats. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Bill, it's my pleasure to be here. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing for the last many years and your path to help business owners create better businesses and be better business owners. Yeah, I thank you for that. And I thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to talk about the book and the business. I've been a coach to small and mid-sized company business owners here in Southern California for 10 years now. I'm selling my, celebrating my 10-year anniversary of working inside of what I call uh, CEO peer groups. The first book uh, I wrote, Killing Cats Leads to Rats, is our third book. So my first book was all about how business owners can benefit from being around other peer business owners. You know, I, I feel I'm offering my clients a master's level MBA in the real world of business by virtue of being surrounded by other successful business owners. You know, running a business is always a challenge, and many times we haven't experienced the challenge previously in our career. And it's great to be around other successful business owners who might have seen that challenge or some version of it and can give you the benefit of their experience. Hey, Rick, I know a a lot of owners that I've talked to say, you know, something like that sounds great. What do they do in those types of meetings? Could you demystify that a little bit for some of our listeners? What happens in a meeting of a CEO peer group? So, uh, first of all, it's it's a confidential setting. And so the beauty is, we can talk and we do talk about a wide range of topics that the members have a need to get outside perspective on. That's a unique opportunity for the members. It's like nowhere else they go each month. I have 
three pillars that we build on every month. One of them is education. Like I said, running a business is challenging. So having the opportunity to learn from professionals, people like yourself who can come in and talk about the proper way to exit your business and plan for it, and a range of topics we cover in the sessions every month. So every month there's an educational component delivered by a high-caliber thought leader in their field like yourself, Bill. We also then spend time working on common challenges. We call this our roundtable processing issue. Each month, the members have the opportunity to bring a topic that they would like to get the advisory board of other business owners' input and eyesight on. It isn't always a challenge. Many times, it's a, it's a new business opportunity or a growth potential. So it's exciting conversations where they can kind of think out loud with a group of respected peers. And then the third part of that in my groups is we're working on the content that is the foundation for my fourth book, which is called The Critical Mass Company. And that's really looking at 24 best practices that small and mid-sized companies employ to deliver what we call and what we're looking at as successful growth. Growth consistently that delivers the kind of profit that the business owner would like to get out of their business and to kind of historically have or improve upon that. So those are the three major elements of a, what we call a CEO peer groups here in Southern California. That's terrific, and it's very valuable because, as you know, it can be lonely to be a business owner sometimes. There are problems that you think about or you have that you just can't talk with anybody at your business and so it's really valuable that you're in a confidential setting with other business owners who may have experienced what you're wondering about. Uh, and that's, that's terrific. And so the, those types of groups would meet, what, once a month, Rick? So we meet once a month for a half a day. We start with the breakfast, nourish the members, get them started, and then we go right into the agenda and we finish our meetings by 1230 so that the member can, client can get back to their office and they can either work on the strategies and topics that we covered in the morning or take their learning and share it many times with their employees to help them uh, kind of learn from the peer group experience as well. So it doesn't eat up the whole day, but it, boy, is it valuable time. That's terrific. So let's get to your book, Rick. Uh, Killing Cats Leads to Rats. Tell us about the title. Well, the title came, um, I've been giving this talk in various formats for a number of years and I was giving it inside of one of the peer group meetings and a member uh, said to me because one of the examples that we talk about in the book um, is the great plague black death that occurred in Europe in the 1300s and we talk about that as an unintended consequence of the fear of cats that started a hundred and some years prior and one of the members said you know Rick you should really title this talk Killing cats leads to rats. And I thought, Troy, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And so the power of peer learning, right? Here I was dealing with this topic for a time, and it took outside perspective of one of my members to suggest what we think is a very um, interesting and appropriate title for the book. Well, it certainly, uh, it certainly conjures up an image when you put it like that. And, you know, I guess within a business, uh, it, it has a lot of applications as well, right? I mean, uh, you have to you have to uh, figure out what works and uh, and take care of it and uh, and not kill what works because uh, uh, I guess then the rats come in, if you will, right? Yeah, the um, planning your business, and we really deal with in this book um, 
the effects of the strategic decisions that a business owner or business executive have to make in their business. And unfortunately, all too often, unintended consequences happen from their best laid plans. And so this book has been research done by the team to really figure out how do we help business executives to avoid or maybe reduce or worst case mitigate the negative impacts that unintended consequences of their strategic business decisions can have on their business performance, business reputation, and employee morale. You know, in the book, there are countless examples of companies that we recognize that are, you know, name brands who've experienced some form of unintended consequences as by their decisions that they made and the way that they were implemented within their company. Let's further illustrate that for our listeners. Can you tell us one of the stories from your book that best illustrates unintended consequences in business? Um, Thank you. Uh, Many of us are aware of the recent problems that Wells Fargo Bank in their retail division, the trouble that they got into. It Mm -hmm. stems from... It stems from the executives having a desire within the retail division to cross-sell. And that is a very natural desire because in banking, the most expensive part of the customer relationship is the acquisition. And so once you have a good retail banking customer, it's wise to try to offer other services to them and have them do more business with you, kind of wallet share. Uh, The unintended consequence was because of the nature of the the program, there was a goal of eight uh, eight different services for every client. It created what the Wall Street Journal called a high-pressure sales environment where employees were berated or fired or demoted for not meeting this number. And the CEO at the time, John Stump, had written in an annual report that eight is great. And so it was sort of this mantra within the retail banking division that you needed to find ways to get as many clients as possible to have eight different accounts with you. And what that led to ultimately was fraud committed by the employees because they were unable to do it on their own. And so they actually created uh, accounts without clients' approval to meet these goals and sales numbers. Uh, Ultimately, Wells Fargo had to... um, pay $180 million in fines, they laid off over 5,300 employees out of the retail banking division. The president of that division had to leave the company, and the CEO, John Stump, who I said earlier, uh, left the company as well, and he he forfeited about $44 million worth of unvested options that he had. And, and that was a couple years ago, but the issues are still impacting Wells Fargo. Prior to this, they were one of the most respected brands in banking in the United States. Following that, um, they've had a lot of scrutiny by the media. They've had a lot of scrutiny by the federal government. And there are constraints put on Wells Fargo to prevent this kind of thing from happening again because it it so impacted um, the consumers. Wow. So I can can definitely see how... uh, uh a private business owner could relate that to their own business. It's, it's, you know, you have to understand how this is going to um, hit your consumers and, and w- at what point is enough enough. Uh, I know I heard a lot of people 
there's stories about people's pets getting credit cards. But the good thing is the pets didn't know how to use them, so they didn't run up a big balance. So that's good. Um, Rick, uh, what, what are the business that's conditions funny. that lead to the five causes of unintended consequences? Um, thank you, Bill. You know, we were looking, as I did the research into this to try to figure out how do I write a book and deliver a talk that people that hear it or read the book can actually improve the performance of their business and the likelihood of the outcomes. Because I believe employee morale is the number one competitive advantage that companies should strive for. And there's a lot of reasons why, which you know I don't have time to get into today on your show, but employee morale is a key performance. If you have engaged employees, it touches your customers. What, I've, what, our, what we found in the research is if you, as a leader, consistently uh, tell your people the future is going to be so-and-so if we take these actions today and the future is different significantly from what you told them it would be, over time, employee morale suffers because people begin, the employees begin to wonder if Bill really knows what he's talking about since the last three times he told us to do something. It didn't turn out the way he said. And if it ever turns out badly for them personally or professionally, they're even more reluctant. So it really does affect employee morale. But we found um, research done by Dr. Robert K. Merton, who is the father of modern sociology. And he's studied in the 20th century large-scale social systems. And as we read his work, I saw a direct correlation between his study of society in a large scale and what we deal with as business leaders in companies. Companies are really micro-societies. They are people working together for a common goal with the hierarchy and the structure. And so the research that he did on unintended consequences could be directly applied to business as we modified it for the conditions of business. Matter of fact, Dr. Merton is the person who coined the term unintended consequences. And it goes back to a paper that he wrote in the 1930s. There are five, but two that I'd like to just kind of highlight here on your radio show are the first two that Dr. Merton saw that we also see in business. One of them is ignorance. It's, it's just the un- misunderstanding or non-understanding of the information that's available to a decision maker. It's, it, 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 it happens when business leaders don't have rigor behind the quality of the decisions that they're making, or maybe they're overconfident that the decision I'm making today, uh, we have the knowledge to make it. Many times that's because we think it's like a situation that happened to us in the past. And even though time and things have changed, we sort of expect we can make the same decision again and we'll get similar outcomes to what maybe we saw, you know, several years ago. The other area where ignorance happens in business is when you don't properly train your employees to do the what Dr. Merton calls the purposeful action, you know, the activities to get the outcome. If they're not trained on it, they're left to basically make it up as they go. And many times that leads to outcomes that are very different than what the executives had thought about. So, so the first one is ignorance. And if you, if you want to ask me anything about that or sit on that for a minute, Bill, before I go on to the second one, I'd be happy to do that. I'll plead ignorance on that, Rick, and move on <laughs> to the next one. Now, let's move on. To, okay. Let's move on to the next one. It's very interesting, though. That's that's I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's that's a, a great insight. What what's next? The second one is error, and it builds on ignorance in that maybe as a management team we've collected information, 
But sometimes we analyze the data incorrectly or there's errors in the way the data was put together and we don't catch it. And so we make decisions based on the data, but the data isn't correct. Many times it's a limited understanding of the marketplace as well. You know, we, unfortunately, many times in companies we become insular and we don't see either changes in the marketplace or we don't understand the realities of what's happening in that uh, market and we make a decision that gives us an outcome that's different. Unfortunately, we found in our research that at times in some companies, early in an implementation, the employees who have the reality of what's going on with the implementation of this strategic decision don't inform the executives of what they're seeing, which is in early stages counter to what the plan was. And by the time it makes it to the um, C-suite, even in mid-sized companies, by the time it hits the boss's desk, the problem may have manifested itself in a way that if they could have caught it earlier, they could have limited the unintended consequences. So, so there are five of them, but the two that, we, that I thought I'd talk about here today were ignorance and then building on that error. And this is built on the work of Dr. Robert K. Martin and his studying of large-scale social systems. Well, that's, you know, you've got me, my interest high on, uh, on this book that you've got out. Again, it's called Killing Cats Lead to Rats. And also, uh, uh, what I understand is that there are, besides the five causes, there are three types of unintended consequences. Um, are, are, are you covering that now, or is that, is that something you can tell us a little bit about? I'd be happy to. And, and by the way, I, I, I didn't mean to bury the lead here, but, but the book officially launched today. And so if people are listening to us live here on your show, and they haven't purchased a copy of the book, I would be honored if they would at least look it up and make a decision based on what we're talking about here. But um, again, leaning on the work of Dr. Merton, there are three outcomes of un, uh, that are unintended consequences that are outcomes. One of them in his research, and we talk about in the book, it's a negative outcome. It's just different than what you told your employees it was going to be, and it is bad. You know, it is undeniably a negative, worse-off consequence of the decision <clears throat> that you made and that the employees implemented. The second one is a, is a more subtle one. It's, it's a catalyst for a future problem. On the surface, it may look like everything is okay, but uh, under the surface, there's a change happening that later on down the line um, you're going to experience. That requires a little more attention, and, and we talk about how to do that in the book. And the final one <clears throat> is a positive outcome. You know, it's better than what you expected. And many times when I'm giving this talk or I'm working with business owners and they like that one, wow, that's great. And in many cases, it is good. But what we've also seen is the wise CEO should walk the four corners of their business even when the outcome of their strategic decision is positive, is better than what they had anticipated. Because while they may be high-fiving in the boardroom, let's give an example you build a product and you have a new product launch and you think you can sell a thousand widgets and to your surprise and happiness you sell 10,000 widgets it's more uh, popular than you had forecasted what the wise executive does is walks the four corners of their business because for instance maybe on a Saturday morning the bench 
technicians are working and the line people in manufacturing are working to build this extra volume that your Salesforce sold, wondering why didn't Bill know this product was going to be so popular? Why am I here on a Saturday, maybe missing my daughter's soccer game, uh, even though I'm getting paid maybe overtime for this? Why didn't he anticipate this? Um, and by the way, where is Bill? Why isn't he here with us? You know, while we're working. So be careful if I can give advice to business owners, be careful anytime the outcome of your strategic decision is significantly different than what you had told your employees it was going to be to make sure that even in the case where it's better, that the organization feels as happy about that as you might. Terrific advice, Rick. It's it's really intriguing stuff. Uh, Listeners, you can tell uh, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so what I want you to do is uh, go to Amazon and and buy Killing Cats Leads to Rats by Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Or go to his website, criticalmassforbusiness.com, where you'll find uh, actually ways to, to uh, listen to Rick on his radio show, Critical Mass for Business, a terrific show where he interviews business owners and leaders. And uh, learn more about what he does to help business owners. Maybe even join his group if he's got room. He's probably got a long waiting list you'll probably have to get on. But, uh, Rick, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and telling us more about this book. It's, it's, it is critical information. And, again, the book is Killing Cats Leads to Rats. I wish you the best of success. And if you're listening to this in the future, the date we uh, the date the book released was today, which is March 29th, 2018. If you're listening this anytime in the future, it's already a bestseller. So, Rick, best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 